0: Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The O.C. Movement.
1: We're on the week four of this series called Elevators, and this is all about... uh, The crazy ups and downs of life and how do we actually handle them? How do we walk through them? In fact, we use the irony of others have issues, but we have options because sometimes we're around people who are just a little bit crazy and sometimes we've got crazy in our lives. And so we wanted to talk about and talk through the different scenarios that God has for you and for me and and really pull from the scriptures to see what is God trying to do. To do. Does that make sense? Y'all track it with me? So I'm going to read a scripture to you in a minute, but before I do that, I just want to say a couple of things. Number one, I am super proud of our worship team. We sang another song they wrote today. They're working on an EP. Can y'all give them a hand clap right now? Like you mean it, not like a golf game, like you mean it. Yeah. They've got about five or six songs that they've written specifically. We're working on an EP, a track that we're going to release. Later this year, I'm super stoked. Each one of you are going to buy at least 50 CDs, so it's going to be awesome. I and mean, just give them out to your friends. And man, I'm proud of the sound that's coming from the movement church. It just says we're going to be a church that's all about worshiping who Jesus is. And I'm stoked about that. But there's one other thing I'm excited about, and that's an event that's coming up uh, this week, actually. It's on May 5th, not Cinco de Mayo, which is exciting. But we are going to the National Day of Prayer. In fact, churches and people and leaders and Christ followers all around the nation are gathering together in their respective cities and capital buildings. And they're just praying that God is going to move in a powerful way. And, and uh, we've been a part of this now for the last three, uh, I think actually four years. And just gathering together as many churches, coming together as one church, believing that God's going to do something miraculously powerful here in this region. And that's coming up on May 5th. So you can text the the word, it's not really a word, N-D-O-P, National Day of Prayer, to the number on the screen for more information. Last year there's about 2,000 people there. Uh, just all we had a little, some, a little time of worship and then we just prayed. Prayed for the cities here in this region. We prayed for California. We're praying for the nation, believing that God's going to do something miraculous. And I, I believe this year there's going to be probably close to double that. Uh, it's at the World Cup training facility in Mission Viejo. Just a really cool time. Our church is behind this. We're bringing manpower. We're helping finance this because we want to see God move. And more than just the movement church, we want to see God do something awesome here. So join us at the National Day of Prayer. For more information, text N-D-O-P and make Cinco de Mayo the best Cinco de Mile you've ever had in your entire life. It's going to be awesome. So anyways, we're going to dive into this sermon, into this, this, this message. And I'm actually really excited about it. I, I woke up today feeling kind of feisty. Anybody else feel feisty? Nobody? Awesome. Anybody ever wake up just feeling kind of feisty? Like I I told my wife, I'm a little nervous. I feel feisty. So I want to apologize in advance for anything that may or may not happen today. I don't even know it's going to happen. So but I, I do want to make sure that we we really hear what God's saying to us and that we don't just go through the motions. I try to encourage us every time before we begin a sermon or a service to turn off the oh i'm in church mode and then lunch mode is coming in about 35 40 minutes and then take a nap mode and then get ready for the week mode and well let's just turn off that oh i'm in church mode and let's turn on that whole idea of God what do you want to do in my life what what do you want to say and do and speak to me i want to read a passage of scripture that i love it's it's found in romans chapter 1 verses 19 ...through 23, and and look at what this scripture says. For what can be known about God is plain to them. That's me and you. Because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, His eternal power, and divine nature... ...have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world... ...in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Pause right there for one second. His invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly displayed. He's saying, God's saying, I am putting on a show for you that you might see the fullness of who I am. Have you ever been in the mountains? Maybe you went on a camping trip or you went up to Big Bear for a ski trip and then Nighttime hits and the air is just clearer in the mountains and the light pollution is so much different there. And you look up through the trees like it, it, it feels like the trees paint a window to the sky. And it's like you see the fullness of stars that you've never seen anywhere else. You see millions and billions and billions of stars And you just sit there and you're breathing in this clean, amazing air. And you just go, wow. And if you sit long enough, as the earth is rotating, you can actually begin to see the stars moving. And if you're paying attention, maybe you see satellites cruising through the atmosphere. And God is saying, man, I did that for you. That you can see how majestic I am. You ever seen a sunset? Of course you have. I don't know about you, but my Instagram feed is just like, it's just littered with sunsets. Every time I see sunset here, we have the greatest sunsets in the nation. Can I get an amen for stinking Orange County? That was a horrible amen. I love Orange County. Man, every time I'm driving, it doesn't matter if I'm going to dinner at Schwack. I'll pull over at Salt Creek because the Lord loves Schwacks. So I'll pull over at Salt Creek and see the sun setting and snap a photo. And every time I'm in awe. Every time I'm in awe colors from the yellows to oranges to purples and it's just like wow God you are so good and even if your faith background is different than mine even people who may feel or believe like they're agnostic they, they would even reference that as oh look at mother nature identifying that there's some higher power doing something great here but the Bible is saying that is God showing my divine nature I think about when my firstborn child, came to life. I will never forget that labor and delivery room as she takes that first breath and begins to cry. And I was overwhelmed with the beauty of life and the intricate details in how good God is. And this passage of scripture is saying, hey, I've made it known to you. You can see me at work in many different things. And then the writer changes, he flips the script in verse 21. Look at this. The writer says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. And I believe that there's a disconnect for so many of us that we have enough knowledge of who God is, but we don't really know him at the core of our being. And he may, we may know about a scripture or the role of a church or to understand that God is here. But he doesn't necessarily play a significant role in my life. This pastor scripture is saying, for all that they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor give thanks to him. You know, it's, I could go my whole life being married to the amazing Megan and know her, but not truly know her. It's like I I share this story all the time. I I had dinner a few years back at Javier's with a good friend of mine named Kobe Bryant. And it was an amazing experience for me. He was sitting four tables over and didn't know I was there. I was trying to figure out should I take a picture of this guy or not. I share this story all the time. I know the stats. I watched his last game. I was inspired by it. And I know he's got some issues and skeletons in his closet. So do I. But I don't know Kobe Bryant. But when my wife calls me, I can tell by the ringtone if she's angry or sad or upset. Can I get an amen, somebody? Just this morning, I walked up to her. and said, hey, babe, how are you? And she did this. I'm fine. I said, you're lying to me in a movie theater church. That's like a double sin. It's a double sin. I can tell why, because I know the nature of who Megan is. I wonder sometimes, do we know the nature of God? Or do we just have knowledge of him? Look at this next passage of scripture talks about those of us who just have a knowledge of him, but don't really have that heart knowledge that that 12 inch gap from our brain to our heart. Look at what it says. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools. Wow. Claiming to be wise. They became fools. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. And we thank you that you're at work here in in a majestically awesome way. And God, I just pray that right here, right now, that you would do something miraculous in each of us. God, we open our hearts and our ears to hear and receive all that you want to do. All that you want to say. And God, we give you permission to rearrange the furniture of our lives. God, we give you permission to speak to us in a a miraculous way that we've never heard before. Because God, we don't want to leave here the same. We don't want to have more knowledge of you, but not really know you in the heart of who we are. So God, do something powerful in our life today. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody that's handsome said, Hey, there we are. Somebody said amen really loud. This passage of scripture that says, they traded their the knowledge of God for their futile thinking and they thought they were wise but really became fools. What is this saying? It's suggesting that they choose. That you and I choose. Even with all the information, with all the things going on in our world, we still choose. This whole series has been about how to handle the ups and downs of crazy, acknowledging the fact that there are crazy scenarios and crazy situations in our life. But even when we extrapolate the truth of God's word or pull the truth of God's word and apply it to our, we sorry, we have the option of whether or not we apply it to our lives. And so this series, I, as we got towards the end of this thing, I thought, man, I'm reading in Romans and we can have all the knowledge. And we can laugh through a sermon and be inspired by what is spoken but still stay the same and hang out on the elevator of crazy, or better yet, or worse yet, make decisions that just keep creating crazy. So, we started this series off, week one was up or down. When you go to the elevator, you have two buttons you choose up. Or down. And when crazy scenarios are thrown your direction, you and I have a profound ability to choose what ingredients shape our perspective. Are we gonna walk around like, oh, woe is me, my life is horrible, everything is bad, I should just go eat worms, this is horrible, I hate my life, everything sucks, blah, blah, blah? Or do we choose up and choose hope and choose truth, right? Are y'all with me this morning? and allow God to shape our perspective. So many of us are allowing our past experiences, our unrealistic expectations, or our unhealthy environments to shape our perspective. And the whole point of the first week was let's just allow Scripture to shape the perspective of our life, right? Let's bake a different cake. If we get to choose which ingredients shape our perspective, Let's bake a different cake. Y'all tracking with me? Week two, Megan got up here and dropped bombs. I told her next time just drop the mic and walk off because that was a Grand Slam home run. Insane. I don't even know baseball terminology, but it sounded right. And man, it was so good. If you didn't get this, if you weren't here, get the podcast. She talked about rose colored glasses. Remember, she handed out the, the kind of 3D glasses that were neon and it was fun. We all wore them. Some of you wore them the entire service, and I applaud you. You're awesome. She talked about the scientific support to Scripture's claim that we can take captive every thought. We can take captive. She talked about how our mind has the ability to tell the brain what to think. That our mind has the ability to tell the brain what to think. Because once, remember this, if you weren't here, you missed it. Once we have a thought, an emotion attaches to it, and that emotion begins to release chemicals, and then we decide, will our emotions fuel our thought process and our decisions, or will we tell our emotions what to feel? Are y'all tracking with me? She talked about this profound component. You think, you choose, you build, you say, you do. You think, you choose, you build, you say, you do. A crazy scenario happens and a thought pops into our mind. An emotion immediately attaches to that, and we choose if we allow emotions to drive our thoughts or our mind. And as that happens, then thoughts begin to build, and then it begins to color the way that we speak. And usually the way that we speak, how we talk about things, begins to direct the way that we live. You think, you choose, you build, you say, you do. Which supports the scripture, Proverbs 23 Seven, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Crazy scenarios come at us like all the time, left and right. But we have a profound ability to choose. We choose. Last week we talked about how... Doors open or closed, once you get in the elevator, you have that door open button, you have the door close button, and you, to whom we open the doors of our life, have a profound effect on the crazy we experience. So now we're shifting from what's shaping our perspective, we're sh- shifting from our emotions and our thoughts to the environments that we live in. It has a profound effect on the crazy that we experience. To whom we open the doors of our life have a profound effect on the crazy that we experience. So we talked about getting out of environments where there's gossip. We talked about giving up gossip, right? In fact, I was talking to a guy today. Right after last week, he came up and told me about a friend of his. He was always crazy. And then this week, he came up to me and said, Man, I came out of your service about gossip and started gossiping. I'm so sorry. So we prayed for him. He repented in Jesus' name. Amen. Give up gospel. Talk about crucify complaining, right? Literally crucify because we love to complain because it shifts the blame off of me and it puts it on somebody else. We talked about eliminating immorality, just saying I'm not going to be in environments where that kind of corrosive communication and talk is happening because I don't need any more crazy in my life. Then we talked about the scripture that says that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You actually are created to make a difference where you live. So we talked about a few things that are essential. And you're you're asking, is this a recap? Yes, it is. Because I've talked about, not we've given knowledge after knowledge, but we have to make a decision. I'll, we'll encourage you more in this, but hey, I want to challenge you. We talked about how to live and how we can affect the environment we're in, and that we should start by providing a positive perspective. Instead of walking around, or if the environment that we're in is this woe is me thing, choose to say, but wait a minute, there's some good things coming. There's some silver lining, God's there. There's something we can look forward to, right? We talked about not only that, but embody encouragement. Encouragement. All week long, people kept coming to me and saying, Encouragement. That should be the anthem of who we are, but not only encouragement, but hope should be our anthem. Hope should be our anthem that you are the light of the world, the salt. You are created to flavor your world. And all of this is information, it's all knowledge. It's knowledge about the truth of God's word for you today, but you and I still have to choose. Is this just going to be head knowledge or is this going to become a component and a part of who I am and how I live? All this is having to do with how we're shaping perspective and the things that we experience. But the truth is, some of us in this room actually create crazy. And some of you need to just get off of the elevator and take the stairs. You need to get off the elevator of crazy and take the stairs. Listen, don't be perpetuators of crazy. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Some of us constantly make decisions that are creating crazy. It isn't everybody else in my world. Sometimes it's me. I have a clip, a video clip I want you to watch. i got to tell you this too, man. Listen, we have one of the greatest tech teams in the world, and they're the people behind the soundboard back there. And the only time you know they're there is if something goes wrong. So that's horrible for them. They're introverts anyways. And so they're like, oh, don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't breathe in my direction. And then something goes wrong, and everybody looks back at the tech booth. Today we walked in, and the, projector, the, the, the theater's projector just wasn't working. So they went and found a projector. I think Andy built one out of drones, fabricated it, pulled it out, and made it work. And that's why we have this. Can you guys give our tech team an amazing round of applause? I mean, they are awesome. And give them all hugs and talk to them for hours and ask them questions like, what are you thinking right now? They love it. They love it. But I want you to watch this clip. It's an older clip from a great show called Mad TV. I don't know if any of you remember Mad TV. And, I want you to just to watch this clip. Forgive some of the quality, but just check this out. Should
0: I lay down? Oh no, no, no. We don't. We don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And, uh, and let let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I um, I charge five dollars for the for the first five minutes, and and then absolutely nothing after that. Uh, uh, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and <laughs> I, I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <And> go. <clears throat> go. Well, tell what? me. Tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever ever tried to to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. <laughs> so what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most We find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, H- you're there. Stop it! I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Stop it. Yes! S T O P, new word. I.T. So, what are you saying? (laughs) You you know, it's funny. I I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, 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 you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that... Sounds so frightening. Yes. Then stop it. But I can't. I mean, it's been with me. No, since no, childhood. no, no. No, we, we, we don't go there. Just, just stop. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good girl. Well, it's only been. It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. I only have a five, so. Well, I I don't I don't make change. <laughs> then I, I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> <sighs> <sighs> uh I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it! <laughs> what are you, a nut of some kind? Don't don't do that. But I I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me. No, 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 no. We de- we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say. We definitely don't go there. Just, just stop it. But what, what? What else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! <laughs> you you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, then, stop it! Don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is. I I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't don't uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! <laughs> well, how are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you you kook. Stop it! You'll stop it! You'll stop it! <sighs> what's, what's the problem, Kathy? Uh, I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that?
1: No, I don't.
0: So you think we're we're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want to you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? All mm-hmm. right. Here are the ten words. Stop it, or I'll bury you alive in a box.
1: Somebody say stop it. Yeah, stop it. Say, turn to your neighbor. And say, stop it. Is that not a great clip? first time I saw this, I was actually in therapy. It was good times. It was good times. And man, I love the, the, this, the idea behind this, this clip. And, and let me just pause for a minute because some of you might be a little bit frustrated by this. What I am not suggesting is that therapy is not needed, that we don't need to necessarily go in and deal with... What are the deeper things that we need to work through and, and navigate through so I don't have to predicate and create crazy anymore? But here's the thing you need to know... That therapy is merely a tool in your belt. It is not a solution. The solution is God's word and what God wants to do in you and through you. You can go to therapy, but it's only going to be an hour, hour and a half a week. And then guess what? you got to live life and make decisions for how you handle crazy. But sometimes we just jump on the crazy elevator and we create this just crazy life. Get off of the elevator, stop destroying your life and take the stairs. We need to just take the stairs. Stop it. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. My daughter was uh, doing some cartwheels the other day, and she sprained her, her pinky and kind of twisted her ankle. And she came in, and, and she, we put ice on it. And I was like, I'm so sorry, babe. And I just I was like, hey, you know, she's like really upset about it. We got you some Motrin. Everything's good. And about three or four hours later, she came back in the house again. My, my pinky hurts again. I go, well, what happened? She goes, well, I was doing cartwheels. And I was like, what? You just sprained your pinky and you're doing cartwheels. It's going to hurt. I said, stop it. Stop doing that. Well, guess what? The next day she couldn't help herself. She just had to do some gymnastics and went at it again. Hurt her pinky again and hurt her ankle because she was doing cartwheels again. And I had compassion, this much compassion. But I said, babe, stop doing what is hurting you. And some of us, look me in the eyes, are making decisions that perpetuate crazy. And you just need to take the stairs. Get off of the elevator and take the stairs. Get off of the elevator and take the stairs. Let me ask you a couple of questions. We've had a series about, if you miss any part of the series, go and listen to the podcast. But are you allowing scripture to shape your perspective? Or is it still your past experiences, unrealistic expectations, or unhealthy environments? If those are shaping your perspective and not Scripture, look me in the eyes. You might be a perpetuator of crazy. Get off of the elevator and take the stairs. If you're not allowing the Scripture to shape your perspective then you might be creating the crazy, and you can look to other people, but it might be you. Hey, listen, let me ask you another question. Are you allowing your emotions and thoughts to tell you how to live your life? Are you allowing your emotions and your thoughts to tell you how to live your life? Listen, feelings are valid, but they are not always true. Sometimes you get so angry, you just want to punch somebody, but you definitely shouldn't. You might feel that way, but that feeling is not a truth. It's just valid. And some of us live our life by what our emotions say. And we're stepping on to the crazy elevator and no one else to blame but me. So stop allowing your emotions to tell you how you feel and think. You think, you choose, you build, you say, you do. Are y'all tracking with me? Listen, You are ridiculously in charge of your life. We want to shift the blame, and I understand it's easy for me. I want to shift the blame to other people, but I have to take ownership for my life. If someone wronged me horribly, it is not my fault, but it is on me to deal with it appropriately. And it might require some therapy. I went because I was struggling with feelings of depression and anxiety. I was having panic attacks and I didn't know what it was. I needed some tools in my tool belt to navigate through that. But I can't depend upon a therapist to walk with me step by step through life. I've got to make some decisions and the scripture has everything that I need. So I have to step off the crazy elevator and take the stairs. Take the stairs. Take the stairs. Are you allowing the right people access to your life? Or are you opening the doors of your life to crazy people? If you are, then you might be a perpetuator of crazy. And you need to take the stairs. You need to t- I know it sounds harsh, but the truth is the scriptures saying the same thing. We have the knowledge... But we're not allowing God to impact the way that we live our life. Are y'all tracking with me today? It got quiet in here. I put this up on the screen. For goodness sake, take the stairs. I don't know why we say that in the South. My mom, I just want to bring my mom into this. For goodness sake, take the stairs. That's what she would say to me. You feel comfortable now? And then she'd cook you an amazing meal. She can cook gumbo better than anyone you know in your life. But she'd feed you gumbo and say, for goodness sake. I'm going to pull every hair out of your head. Take the stairs. I don't know why she talks like that. You're not laughing, so I feel like you're judging my mom right now. (laughs) Take the stairs. You know, there's some advantages to taking the stairs. It's difficult, and it definitely takes more time. It's difficult, and it definitely takes more time. But there are advantages to taking the stairs. You know what one of the advantages are? You get stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Anybody? Oh, now you're awake. Singing falsetto works every time. Hashtag falsetto. It makes you stronger. Every step that you take, you're building the strength in your muscles and your calves and your v's and your hamstrings and... Others, like these, and you ever been to the stairs down near the harbor? Some of the people do the stairs like this. I'm like, stop that. I get creeped out by you doing that. So every step that you take, you get just a little bit stronger. It's building muscles, and you're learning something in the process. Have you ever been to the gym, Anyone? Go, you, maybe some of us need to go to the gym, right? So I go to the gym, and I, after I get done working out, I like to go over to the machines. They've got a row of treadmills. And at my gym, it faces the ocean because Jesus lives at the ocean. It makes it easier. They have ellipticals, right? You know, this little thing right here. And now they have this new elliptical where it's like, does your legs like this? I don't even understand it. Have y'all ever seen that? Nobody? Why do I feel like I'm alone in this room right now? Some guys do the salsa on those ellipticals. They don't even use their hands. Like, they're that awesome. And then on the left, I'm trying to figure out if you guys want to eat lunch or not, because I'm going to go for days. On the left side of all of these, there's this huge machine, and it's a treadmill, but just a little bit different, and it's called a stair stepper. Satan owns that machine, by the way. And you know what they call that entire section of exercise equipment? Cardio. Cardio, Because while it might be building strength in your muscles, you know what it's really doing? It's strengthening your heart. As you run, usually it's not your legs giving out on you. It's usually your heart first. Saying, I can't handle the stress and strain of you running or stepping as fast as you are. But as you increase the consistency of cardio, it strengthens your heart so that you can actually sustain the load of that stress. So when you and I take the stairs, it's not just strengthening us so we can take the next step, which now is just a little bit easier than the one before, and this one's just a little bit easier than the one before. What it's really doing is strengthening my heart. Because listen, the weight... And the pain and the loss and the discouragement that crazy brings is a heavy weight. It's a very heavy weight. And as we take the stairs, it's strengthening our heart. And you need to know this. I know it's on the screens for you. You need to know this. That never in life does the weight of that pain get lighter. My father passed away a year ago in two days And it never, ever changes that I miss him as much the day after as I do now. It doesn't hurt any less. But in the process, I've gotten stronger. And you ask somebody that's lost a family member or loved one 15, 20 years ago. They don't love that family member less now because time has passed. They've just gotten stronger. And the same is true for perhaps the dream that you have in your heart. That crazy scenario is created and blew up in your face and it feels like that dream is dying. And when we step off the crazy elevator and begin to take the stairs, God is strengthening my heart so that I can carry the weight and keep on pressing on. Taking the stairs makes me stronger and I become grateful for the landing. You know when you take flights of stairs and they kind of do this little thing? You go up like eight stairs, there's a landing. Then you go up another eight stairs, there's a landing. And you keep on going up like this. You become grateful for the landing. Why? Because the landing is where you do this. Right? Have you ever climbed like like multiple flights of stairs? And you get up and you look down through the little cracks, and if you're a dude, you spit trying to make it all the way down. Anyone in here? Anyone? Can somebody just be, thank you, now I don't feel alone, and stop judging us, ladies, just because you don't know how to spit. If we could teach you, and then you would do that too. And, And you get to the landing, and you know what the landing can feel like in life? Sometimes the landing feels like waiting. And don't nobody like to wait ever. How many of you just look forward to the waiting room of a doctor's office? You don't. I can answer that question for you. You sit like this because you don't want the germs on the armrest. And you're not going to touch that Highlights magazine. And you're thinking how many other germs are sitting on this magazine. And your kids are playing with that toy and thinking there's death and Hades on those toys. Get away from their children. And, you know, you use the hand sanitizer 15 times. You ever ordered Amazon Prime and the free two-day shipping isn't fast enough? Hi, my name's Carrie and I'm addicted to Amazon Prime. Nobody loves waiting. The landing feels like waiting sometimes. Sometimes we just want to take the elevator and we'll just risk crazy because at least I feel like I can get there faster. But you know what's happening on the landing? Our muscles are rebuilding. They're strengthening in the process. God's strengthening us in the process. Just catch a breath. Regroup. and Take the next step. Catch a breath, regroup, and take the next step. I love what Isaiah 43, 2 says. It says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. And that's a powerful word for some of us in this room today because sometimes we are the perpetuators of crazy. And the crazy decisions that we have made have brought shame and condemnation and guilt and consequences that are overwhelming. And this scripture right here is just God saying, don't worry, I have redeemed you. I've paid the price for your crazy. Wow. I have called you by name. You are God paused eternity to write this for you. Not for me, not for the person next to you, but for you. I've called you by name and you are mine. No matter how many times you've been on the crazy elevator that you chose to get on, I've redeemed you and you are mine. Then check out this next passage of scripture. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. He could have stopped with, I've redeemed you, called you by name, and you are mine. But he continued because he knew That not only would we create crazy, but the elevator would come up, ding, doors would open. And there's a crazy scenario that we don't have an option for. He could have said, listen, I love you and I'm with you. But no, he said, there will be times where you'll be walking through the water and it will feel like it's coming over you. So you can't breathe and you might try to get some air, but only the nostrils will break the surface. And you'll wonder, is this the end? But do not fear, for you will not drown. And you might be surrounded by consuming fire, creeping in from every side, and you begin to feel the suffocation of the smoke inhalation. Fire usually represents a purification process, like with fine metals, gold and silver. In extreme heat, the impurities begin to rise to the top and they scrape off the top. And that's how we get this precious metal. Sometimes the crazy that we're in is a refining process where God is allowing the the junk and the nastiness to kind of come to the top so that he can scrape it off. And then what does he say in this passage of scripture? You will not be burned. I'm with you. Fear not. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. Some of us need to stop playing in the elevator of crazy and just take the stairs. Every time I take the stairs, it makes me stronger. Every time I take the stairs, I become grateful for the landing and realize that God's doing something. So I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to regroup and I'm going to take just one more step. Thank God I can take one more step. Let me tell you one other thing that taking the stairs do. I become grateful and appreciative. More importantly, I find joy in the process. I find joy in the process. It's the concept of look how far I've come. You climb up these stairs and and they're going backwards and forward, and it feels like it's taking longer, and it is. And it feels like it's more difficult, and that's true. I feel like sometimes, though, many of us, as we're climbing the stairs, as we step off of the crazy, maybe we begin this faith journey saying, God, do something. Immediately, there's always resistance, because when you do this, it's resistance. This is resistance. This is resistance. Resistance is what builds strength in your muscles. Stepping onto elevators requires no resistance. So every time we begin to pursue godliness and His purpose, we feel resistance. And we have this tendency to get discouraged in the process instead of finding joy in the process. And we look up to all that we've got to accomplish. And we look up at the height of the staircase and it just feels overwhelming. It feels insurmountable. It feels like it never ends. And that joy evaporates. What God is saying is stop looking at all the things you haven't accomplished yet And start looking at how far you've come. Maybe some of us in this room, if you're like me and you you learn this a little bit slower than other people. And you're a little bit more stubborn and you kind of try to do it your own a little bit more. You're like me. Maybe you're just one step off the ground, but look how far you've come. Maybe some of us in this room are just a couple steps further. Stop looking at where I haven't gone or haven't accomplished yet. And start looking at how far you've come. What an amazing step to step towards the purposes and the fullness that God has for you and for me. Look at how far you've come. Maybe you just started by allowing the scripture to shape your perspective. Maybe you just started by reading the scripture. What an amazing step. Look how far you've come. Stop flirting with the elevator craziness and take the stairs it's going to make you stronger you'll actually begin to appreciate and value the weight and if you focus on how far you've come you'll actually begin to find joy in the process can I just tell you I've been praying so desperately for our church and I want to see God do something miraculous here And I believe that that this series is a turning point for so many of us because all we feel like we've experienced is the crazy elevator of life. Some of it is things that have been done to you and some of it is things that you and I have done on our own to perpetuate crazy. And I believe God is saying, just take the stairs. But don't just let it be something that you know. Let it be the essence of who you are. I, I got a passage of scripture. I want to do something a little bit different. And freaked our team out in first service. But it's just, uh, I'm the pastor. I get to do these kind of things. I've uh, been in church my whole life. And, and uh, it's just so easy to play the church game. And it's so easy to get caught up. In the rigmarole of doing the same thing over and over and over again. And the world doesn't need another church who's apathetic and indifferent to what's happening around us. The world doesn't need that. And and God didn't design you to live life constantly on the elevator of crazy. But you choose. You choose. And I would hate for us to just play this game. I would hate for us, as I was reading in Romans this passage, I was just convicted in my own going, God, I don't want to be the guy who has the knowledge of who you are, but the experience that I live, the choices that I make are not reflective of you at work in my life. I don't want to trade The goodness of who you are for my own thinking, because that crazy train is jacked up. But it'd be so easy for us to have this great series and make no changes. I love this passage of scripture. Isaiah. I think they have it up. 26 verses 3 and 4. It says, you will guard him. And keep him. In perfect and constant peace. Whose mind. Look at this. Both its inclination and its character. Is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you. Leans on you. And hopes confidently in you. So trust the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Not to the crazy elevator, not to the scenarios, not to continually poor decisions, but commit yourself to him, lean on him, hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. That's a foundation that is the antithesis to crazy. And that's God's purpose and plan for your life. But don't be guilty of what so many of us are. Of just going through the motions and not letting God just make that 12-inch jump from my mind, my brain, to my heart. I wonder what new things God wants to do in our lives today. I wonder what things he wants to speak to you and to me. I wonder what area of our life can we work on this week so we can get off that crazy elevator and let God do the miraculous in our life let's not just attend church let's not just go through the motions let's not just laugh at the funny stories and cry because we feel emotional let's let God do something to. His mind is at perfect peace who leans into and confidently hopes in the Lord. He has redeemed you and called you by name. You are His. Stop taking the elevator of crazy and just start taking the stairs. Find joy in the process. Appreciate the land strength with every step that you take. For some of you in this room, the step that's before you is simply beginning the journey with Jesus. It's beginning the journey. This journey doesn't happen via osmosis or with good intentions or even in church membership. There has to be a starting point. And unfortunately, in the world that we live in, there is a separating factor Called sin. And all of us have it in our life. In fact that's why so many. Don't want to walk through the doors of the church. Because the shame and condemnation. Of sin. Makes me feel so farly removed. And separated from who God is. That I can never measure up. And what's amazing. Is that God reached down. Into the very essence of your life and mine. And gave Jesus to you and to me. Who came to this earth. Lived a sinless life life and died a sinner's death and he paid the price the ransom for your sin and mine and you can't eradicate your past remove poor decisions attend church enough to receive this gift it is a free gift all you have to do is say jesus i give you my life and that's step one step one some of you in this room have not begun that journey. You haven't taken that first step, and today is the day for you to do that. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and encourage you to pray with me. I'm not going to embarrass you, ask you to get out of your seat, but just want to invite you to take step one. And look at me. Some of you in this room have been in church your whole life. You know all the scriptures, you know all the stories, but you've been flirting with your purpose, and you need to make Jesus a part. I want to challenge you as we pray this prayer to pray it with me and take that first step of the rest of your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody moving around. Nobody looking. If you're here and you've never prayed that prayer or you're here and you need to make that decision again for the first time in a long time right where you're seated in your own heart, would you just repeat this prayer after me? But don't just say it. But as you pray it from the depths of your heart, make it the cry of your heart. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real and that you love me. God, I know you've given me purpose. And I want to take the next step towards you. I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the ransom for my sin. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking. If this is you, just make this statement so real in your heart and say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name.
0: If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com?